All right. Let's, uh, let's read our scripture for the day. Last time. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives the seed by the wayside. And he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has not no root in himself, but endures only for a while. And when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, not because of the devil, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives the seed on good soul, good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit, some hundred, some 60, some 30. Let's pray. Lord, I'm asking you just to be with us. Lord, I pray for our country. I pray for the Middle East. I, I, God, I ask you, give our, I pray for our leaders. I pray for our president. I pray for our Congress. Give them wisdom, your wisdom, Lord. God, I pray you'll speak to them. I pray that you will just do something. God, this morning, I pray for anything that would keep us, any distracting spirit to keep us from hearing your, your word, Father. I pray that we will hear the word, understand it, and plant it in our heart. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, now we started six weeks ago. This is the last one. We're gonna be moving on to something else, but we started six weeks ago, and if you this is your first one, you can go to YouTube or wherever it is we're on YouTube and, and watch all of them, okay? But here's the whole premise of this series. I felt like the Lord said, I'm calling you to follow me and be better this year, to sow this year. I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about hearing God, hearing his call, and let him tell you what he wants you to do, and you start doing that, and at the end of the year, you'll go, wow, that was awesome. Progress was being made. Too many Christians are stuck. I'm going to say that again. Now, look, I don't have a long sermon, but I'm going to preach till you get it. Too many Christians are stuck, and we, we're not making progress. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about, because look, there's something to learn about God for the eternity, Amen. And so, but I want us to make progress. I want us to get better. I want us to have a harvest in your life, in this church. We started talking about the sower. Deliberate, intentional action. Some of you have no expectation because you have no seed in the ground. 
There is this phrase. I'm just going to throw it out there. It's always in negative connotation. You reap what you sow. That's God's principle. Amen? God's principle. You reap what you sow. And I know uh, my whole life I heard that negative. Oh, they just getting what they deserve. They reap. Well, the church has no faith. We have no expectation because we've not planted. But if I plant good seed, I am confident because the principle's true, I'm going to reap what I sowed. That excites me. That gets me fired up, man. Sow some good seed. I'm liable to reap a good harvest. Amen. Amen? Some of you need to tell your face that Jesus is still alive. <laughs> deliberate, but what does it take to sow? It's a deliberate, intentional, purposeful action. And remember, I'm not talking about you flipping your world upside down. Small seeds reap big harvest. Maybe God just wants you to have family time. You know, small seeds reap big harvest. It always multiplies. And remember, we're not talking about your choices. We're talking about his will, his way. His will, his way. If you do it that, I can always have expectation. I'm excited about the future. Some of you going, oh, we're going to hell. I remember my dad used to say, if it gets so bad, God's going to have to resurrect Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize. And I said, wow. Do you understand if you put good seed, God says, I'm going to reap a harvest. And it's his will, his way, doing it his way. I can expect that seed to do something great. Amen. Some of you, I know you think I'm talking about money. I ain't even mentioning money. I'm talking about your life. Some of you mean as hell and mad, or get mad when somebody's mean as hell to you. You reap what you sow. That's why I want to be nice. I'm nice to servers at restaurants. If you're one of those complaining people, don't, don't eat with me. See, I believe they give me more when I'm not. You look so lovely. Thank you for being here. They scoop more. Do you understand? You got to trust the seed. What kind of seed are you sowing? We talked about the soils. We talked about the seed, the word of God. You got to sow it in and you got to sow it out. We spent a couple of weeks on that and we spent last week talking about the soils. Now this week I want to finish up with the soils. Verse 22, I want to talk about the last two. Verse 22, it says this. Now he who received the seed, what is the seed? The word of the kingdom, whatever God is saying. He says, the thorns, among the thorns, he hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Now there's two things that, that, oh my God, have I seen this. There's two things that jump off the page. First of all, chokes the word. He doesn't say you kill it and you go into hell, throw it in your fiery furnace, 
chokes you off. That's a slow death. How many Christians have I seen that loved God, but they got choked off and choked down, and now they're not even serving God at all? And look what he says. What is the punishment here? What happens to Christians that have this happen? Unfruitful. That means we're going to stand before the Lord empty-handed. Unfruitful. Wow, what is he saying there? How does this happen? Man, can you imagine coming to heaven and being that, 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 that servant that buried the gift inside of him and didn't do anything with it? I don't want to be that. So here's what he says. Two things that make this happen. The cares of this world. Now, I want to explain that to you because that doesn't make a lot of sense because I got cares. I got them, and they ain't going nowhere, and they're multiplying, <laughs> and they're showing up at my house for dinner. Hey, what y'all doing? Me and Amy were fixing to go out. What y'all doing? Well, I guess we're going to eat dinner with y'all. And then, you know, they, oh, I forgot my wallet. I mean, they just multiply. Kids everywhere. Uh, I got cares. All my kids wanted trucks. I love it when my sons are starting to learn. My, my 21-year-old got a new truck. He bought a new truck himself. I'm so excited for him. I'm jealous. All of them are driving nice trucks, and I'm driving a minivan. What, what is wrong with that? But he found out that 21-year-olds that had an accident, insurance is brutal. He called, hey, will you? this is terrible. I said, man, it is, but you got a job, you're on your own now. I got cares. I got to do things. So what is he saying there? It can't be I just sit around and pray all day and move out to Montana and get a, get a ranch and say, Hide from the world. That can't be what he's saying. Can't be that bad stuff ain't going to happen because we know bad stuff's always going to happen. What does he mean there? Well, it's in the word. The word care in the Greek is a combination of two words. Are you listening? Please hear this. First word is to divide the mind. The cares of this world. What Satan wants to do is get you divided in your mind. What do I mean by that? I am saved. I am in the kingdom of God. It is a kingdom of joy and peace, faith, expectation. I am part of this kingdom. I am in that kingdom of God forever. Don't mess with me. My salvation is working. I like being saved. I ain't that Quasimodo uh, Christian I see some of y'all being, oh, I'm getting good, Jesus come. No. Man, I'm in a kingdom right now that has joy and peace that manifests here. But we got this other thing, the kingdom of the world. And it runs by a different set of values. It runs by a different set of rules. It runs by a different set of way of doing life. Everybody look at me. Listen. This is why 
He's choking you out because your mind is trying to live by both sets of rules at the same time. You have a divided mind. We got people like the guy that wanted to do some work for the new church. I said, well, look, I need to, you know, he said, now, Brother Allen, church is church and business is business. I went, you will not be doing business for the church. <laughs> See, this is, the, this is the, the, the thing right here. What value system are you doing life by? If I am a blood-bought Christian, I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. There is instant conflict if I try to do the life by this world and this kingdom. Where they, it's okay to hate people. It's okay to do things. It's okay to steal. It's okay to do all that stuff. You live for you. You take care of you. That's what this lives by. Now, I know the Bible says, that's what people go, I know the Bible says, but. And there's constant turmoil. There's no peace because the turmoil is inside of you, in your mind, in your thoughts. I'm trying to do life. Listen, I cannot do well in this kingdom with hatred in my heart for somebody else. Can't do it. Won't have, this kingdom says, I can have peace. I've watched people go to, de to their death with peace and joy. Because why? In this kingdom, I never die. In this kingdom, I'm going to. I don't care how much good stuff you take. I don't care how much you exercise, you're just going to die fit. I don't care how much you do, whatever you are. Everybody that was born in 1805 is dead from something. So I'm going to lay down this earth through some time. But it doesn't affect this one. See, the problem is, in our mind, we're trying to live by two different kingdom values. It is a care of this world. I ought to be able to do my business, do my family. I, I don't want to stir up anything. I was going to be very pleasant today, but it, it came on me first service, so I thought I'll just jump in there and stir a little bit and get out. Okay? Just a little bit. Don't tell me how much you love Jesus. Show me by the way you love your wife. Just a little twist. See, what I'm saying to you is, this kingdom says I can have peace with that passes all understanding. This kingdom says I can have these things. This kingdom says I can have joy. This kingdom says that no matter what comes against me, it's not going to prosper. This kingdom says I'm never alone. 
So if I'm feeling those things somewhere, I'm divided. Does that make sense? I'm allowing Satan, the cares of this world, to divide me. I still got to function until I die. I'm still got to function in this, in this kingdom of this world. But the cares of it go through this kingdom. What's your thought process? Some, some of you still think of old things that happened to you? People that rehearse things that hurt you? Rehearse how bad it is? Oh, my goodness. I sit around, all the old guys drinking coffee, talking about how bad it is. I remember when the, the women of the church called a special prayer meeting when I was 12 years old because my dad bought, him a bought us a pool table and put it in our game room. And oh my God, it's heresy. The pool hall has come to the preacher's house. <laughs> they thought that was horrible. Can I tell you, this kingdom, no matter how screwed up it gets, Never changes this kingdom. But this kingdom can affect that kingdom. Some of you have no joy, you have no peace because you're double-minded. You're trying to do life, well, the best I can. Well, Brother Allen, I'm doing the best I can. Well, stop it. Just stop. Best you can ain't good enough. You need to do it God's way. I need to do it based on these kids. Oh, he wants me to forgive. Okay. He wants me to do this. Okay. He wants me to do it. Okay. I'm going to live by that. God, you have everything. We live open-handed. When you do that, you have Isaiah 26 in your life. Look at this verse. It says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Because he trusts you. I, now, in just a minute, we're going to have an invitation. And I'm going to invite you to come down here and get prayed for. And what's going to happen is, you're going to come down here and get prayed for, and you're never going to have a lack of peace again in your life. No trouble at all. This is, look at that. This is a constant battle. This is a constant thing. Satan's screaming at us, devaluing us. Satan is hollering at you. He's trying to plant thoughts in your mind. That's why 2 Corinthians, if you're taking notes, write it down. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 says, taking all thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. You better wake up and understand. If you don't learn to take your thoughts captive, I got people that come down all the I just want God to take the desire away. I want him just to erase that memory. Well, it ain't happening. You've got to learn to take your thoughts captive. You've got to learn when something comes from this kingdom, it don't get to stay long because I want to think the thoughts of this kingdom. So i got to take that thought captive. Nobody loves me. That is a lie. I mean, even, you know, when Amy starts acting, you know, there have been times she's acted bad. Okay, and I would think, 
I mean, I just want to confess, I'd have thoughts. I'd be riding down, playing 101.9, and all of a sudden, because I'm going through this, she didn't treat me right. Oh, my God. And Satan put in, song comes on. You've lost that loving feeling. Oh, that, and, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about, yeah, she has lost that loving feeling. I don't think she's kissed me in a week. Wait. I wonder if she's got somebody else. What's going on? Oh, oh. Now, I'm making fun of that, but oh, my God, am I playing real life. We're having a little fun with it. Some of you are insanely jealous because it's here. Instead of saying, devil, you're so stupid. I know God gave me that woman. And the Bible says when he finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And he says, she's going to satisfy me all the days of my life. And man, I got a good wife. And so that's a stupid thought. And so I take that thought captive and I want to live in this kingdom. And all of a sudden I love her more than I did before I started. Now, look, I know I made a big joke about that. But if you don't learn to do that, you're going to get choked out. You can't come to church enough. You can't go to enough conferences, watch enough podcasts to get it out. Satan will put thoughts in your mind. We are so lazy. We are so lazy. We just let him sow seed and we just let him stay there. Hatred and bitterness and we just roll it over and we just let it stay there until it affects us emotionally and physically some of us are stressed out because we were hurt and I, ugh. When God says, take your thoughts captive, bring them to obedience Christ, what is the truth in this kingdom? I don't care what that kingdom says. What is this kingdom saying? When you do that, you throw away cares. You can have 11 kids and still be coherent. Because we know where our source is. I don't know what's happening tomorrow. I had somebody at the golf course the other day trying to get back in it. He said, Brother Allen, when you think Jesus is coming back, you think it's close, you think the end times is here, I said, dude, I'm 58 years old. This is my end time. I got, I'm on the way down, dude. I mean, this is, you know, well, there's a whole lot behind me. I said, so I better live like it is happening. Which system, which value system are you living by? Because if you're a Christian, and you're trying to live by both, it'll stress you out. Second thing he says, the deceitfulness of riches. What is that? What exactly is that? The deceitfulness of riches. Now, let me just say something to you. Money is not bad. The Bible doesn't say money's bad. Being rich is not bad, but let me tell you something. The more you have, the more you're responsible for 
you got to stand before the Lord. Too much is given, much is required. Okay? I, I, I'm ready. I mean, I ain't got no retirement. McDonald's and Popeye's got my retirement. <laughs> Trying to feed all them hordes the mother of many nations kept producing. <laughs> I ain't got no retirement. I mean, they dry, you know. Oh, my God. I told the Lord. I told the Lord several times. I said, look. I feel like I'm spiritually mature enough. I'm ready to try to handle you dumping a lot of money on me. I just, I feel like I can handle the test. I would like to test. He ain't listened, but we're going to keep saying it. Listen to me. Let me tell you what the deceitfulness of riches is. That it's not riches. It's that you trust in if I have more I'm going to be okay. If I had a better job, if I got more money, I'd be okay. If I got more stuff, I know people that, that say, oh, my God, I can't ever take a job without health insurance. And I laugh, and I say, we ain't never had health insurance. I, I learned through that. They're not going to repossess a baby. They'll let you pay it off. <laughs> they don't want to come get that. You know, but what I'm saying is, listen, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Even if you have all the money in the world, you will still have troubles and tribulations, and you cannot buy the things that are really important. That is the trick of riches. If I have more, I'll be okay. I'll be at peace. No. If you can't handle $1,000 a month, if you up to your debt and can't, it's God's grace that he ain't giving you 10000 a month. You just make a bigger mess. Because you're looking to riches, the, the fruit of this world, to give you something it can never produce. See, some of you are clamoring, you're working, you're doing. How about this one? I got to have my kids, the deceitfulness that I'll look good if I got that new per. You know, I was blown away when my wife told me. Of course, you know, I am a fashion mogul. You know, I am. We were talking about that last night. I just keep wearing the same clothes until they come back in style. You know, I want it to be big and just hang off my shoulders. I'll I wear it till it goes away. But here's what I'm saying. We think, oh, I got to have, if I could just have that, I'll feel better about myself. I'll look cool if I have those. I mean, bell bottoms have come back. <laughs> I mean, I hated it the first time through. I ain't doing it. But there's this deceitfulness, the clamor for fame. I need followers on my Insta or my TikToking. Or tweeting. You a tweeter? You know, all that stuff. It's this deceitfulness. The world is going to make me feel better about myself if I just have more of it. That is the lie. And it'll choke you down. It'll choke you out. It'll bind you up to where you become unfruitful. You know, part of the, you know what part of the fruit is? 
the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love and joy and peace, gentleness, goodness. That's part of fruitfulness. I got that in my life. See, some of you can't lift your hand and go, you are good, you're good, oh Lord. Because you're judging everything by this kingdom. Everything in this kingdom is gonna burn up. Look, I'm saying this publicly. When I die, y'all can have my stuff. You can have my extensive wardrobe. I don't even care. You know why? Because I ain't taking nothing with me. But this kingdom is eternal. Do you understand? When we get divided in our mind, Here's what he says, what one author said. We put our confidence in them and we raise our expectations from them. In other words, it has nothing to do with faith in God. I can do that because. Let me give you a quick testimony. Manna has Four thousand over four thousand patients. We gave away one point three million dollars worth of prescription drugs last year. We have a fully equipped dental clinic with the latest, greatest high tech. Now I, I'm not. I don't. I'm just going by what Jamie said because I ain't going. I don't like dentists because. I only been to one twice and it hurt both times. And so I said, well, that's an easy deal right there. I ain't going back. You don't pay him to hurt me. High tech, making dentures, taking care of people. You know what everybody told us when we said, Brother Allen, great idea. You will never be able to afford that. Never. Hundreds of people, wow. Yay, Brother Allen, you're dreaming. Yay. Never going to do it, but yay. Well, according to that kingdom, never going to happen. Well, can I tell you, if you follow in this kingdom, things happen all of a sudden that only this kingdom can produce. Some of you are being choked out of your dream because of the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Now, let's talk about, first of all, the last thing, it makes you unfruitful. Your growth, your progress. You ever walked into a bed, uh, walked through the woods and walked into some briars? What's the first thing you do? You stop. Right? You just, you freeze and start trying to back up and take it. And that is a great picture of a lot of Christians I know. You stopped. You stopped growing. Not that I'm asking you to be perfect. We stop having fruit because we got so overwhelmed with this world and this kingdom. How do we get good fruit? That's what I want to. Let's get to the good part. 
How do you get good fruit? Number one, don't allow yourself to get hard. Be quick to forgive. Be quick. Stir yourself up. You know what they do to soil before they plant it? They stir it up. So it receives, stir yourself up. That's why we want you to get involved somewhere and give your life away. Somewhere. Because I know when you give your wife away, life away in this kingdom, did I just say wife away? <laughs> I'm not giving you away, baby. Thank you. Yeah. Not going to do it. <laughs> when you give your life away, you always get something in deposit. We're waiting. Some of you are being choked down because you're waiting for somebody to take care of you when God's saying, stir up the gifts within you. Give your life away. Minister, help somebody. And all of a sudden, something gets stirred up in you and you begin to grow again. You can't look. You got to forgive. You got to let the word deposit in you, but then you got to give it away. Some of you have never given away to anything because you're waiting. Well, I'm down. I'm hurt. When is somebody going to take care of me? And God's saying, just, just a little. Stir it up inside of you. Don't allow bad seed to be planted. Everybody look at me. I want to teach you a lifelong lesson. You ready? There is nowhere on this side of heaven that you are not going, you are going to get to a place. I don't care if you move to Montana and cut off the internet. You're not going to get to a place on this side of heaven where Satan can't tempt you. And where does the temptation start? Right there. You don't learn to take your thoughts captive. How do you do that? First of all, you got to plant good seed, the Word of God, being around people that are positive. Stop watching the news. You can pick it up next month and it'll be the same thing. It's like a soap opera. Stop. Be around people. If people are dragging you down, hang out with somebody that's positive, that believes, planting seeds, stirring you up to good works. Stop letting bad thoughts stay around. I had, a, I had a guy, and I probably didn't handle it. He said, you know, Brother Allen, my great-grandpa died at 51. My dad, grandpa died at 54. My great-grandpa, I mean, my dad died at 52. I said, well, how old are you? He said, I'm 56. I'm on borrowed time. And he just kept saying, and finally I said, dude, I think you might need to go to another church. Because I don't like to be around already dead people. You've convinced yourself you're dead already. Just talked himself right into it. Man, can, can Jesus Christ not set me free from anything that Satan has put against me? Can he not deliver me? Can he not change my stars? Yes, he can. Well, I need to stir that faith up. I've got, if you want good, good ground, I've got to stir up those things, and I can't let bad seeds stay around. 
Can't let it stay in my thought process. You got to learn to take your thoughts captive. Last thing. Don't worry about the harvest. I know the prosperity gospel guys get on TV and say, look, if you do it this way, you'll reap a hundredfold. Hundred. The way we say it in South Mississippi. Hundred. I think God put those three in there just to tell you, look, just so I determine how, how much harvest there is. Is he not the Lord of the harvest? And when you do that, you live with expectation. You live with expectation. Good expectation. Faith would be another word. When you got good seed in the ground, you can live with faith. It ain't rocket science. Here's what's happening to most of us. We're getting choked down and becoming unfruitful. How long have some of you been saved? I know people have been saved 30 years. If I ask them to pray for somebody, they're like, well, you, out loud? Wow. We are getting choked down because we're living, trying to live by two separate value systems. I want to make my business decisions based on that kingdom. I want to do my work. See, I think Christians ought to be the best workers because we're living accordingly. It don't matter what they're paying me. Everything I find my hands to do, do to the glory of God. And what you'll find out is you can always expect to be taken care of. I expect things to happen. I expect somebody to minister to my grandchildren. You know why? Because I remember driving along here and I said, Lord, that morning, Lord, is there somebody I can help today? Is there something you want me to do today? And the Lord directed me to this guy and glorious something happened. It was awesome. He turned his life over to the Lord. I was able to help him physically. I was able to do all that. And I was on my way home and I said, Lord, Thank you for letting me do that. That was awesome. And you know what the Lord spoke to me? The Lord spoke to me and said, I didn't do that for you. I did it for your grandmother who's been standing before me calling his name out. I was just answering her prayer and I just used you to do it. I've helped other grand, I've helped other grandparents prayers get answered I'm expectant that God is going to help ours because why why that's the seed I sowed you reap what you sow so I want to sow good seed I want to tell you it's time to move it's time to grow 
It's time to follow his voice and start sowing good seed. Some of you are in a bad crop. If you are in a bad crop, here's how you get out of it. You keep sowing good seed until eventually the good crop overtakes the bad. You walk, don't look for a quick fix. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. And uh, my prayer team, come on down quickly. Everybody look at me. In a crowd this size, there's going to be people that don't know Christ. If you've never given your heart to Christ, I want to tell you, today would be a great day. I don't say that because I'm the preacher. I say that because Jesus Christ changed my life. Okay? He, he healed my broken heart. And if you don't know Christ, this is the first question they're going to ask you. They're going to come ask you. When you walk up, do you know the Lord? They're going to ask you that. Because that's the only forever miracle is salvation. Second thing, this is what I saw this morning in my spirit. Felt like the Lord saw, I, I just saw some of you standing before a wall. And you've been standing there. Some, some of you have been standing there a while and you don't know what to do. You don't know how to get around. You don't know how to get through it. And I felt like there might be a wall in your marriage. It might be a situation. I felt like the Lord said, you don't have to share your details. I felt like the Lord said, I want to I break down some of those walls because I came to set the captives free. And the prayer of agreement does that. And so these people, these are people, they're not perfect, but they're going forward. They're sowing. I want you to rise to your feet. And look, let me tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to beg you. Dude, if you know you've been standing while you and your wife or husband or your family or your situation personally, if you know you've been standing for a wall, come down and get prayer. If you're not saved, come down and get prayer and get saved. Let God change your life. So right now, I want you to just close your eyes and just hold your hands out. And right now, just invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And even as I start praying, if you're ready to come, you come. Elisha's going to start singing. If you know somebody standing before a wall, go get them and say, I'll go down with you. But you come right now. Let someone pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now for your grace, Lord. God, I pray that uh, you'll heal and deliver. Some of you men, lay down your pride, man. Lay down your pride. If you're standing for a wall, you come. Mountain, you won't climb up coming after me. No wall, you won't kick Don't look around. See, some of you are just staring and looking. I don't want you to stare. I want you to ask the Lord. And maybe you know somebody that's not here that's standing before a wall. Pray for them right now. Pray for them right now. If you know somebody standing, it's just got a situation. You don't even know what to tell them anymore. Pray for them right now. If your marriage is stuck, if your marriage is stuck, you come. 
Let somebody pray for you right now. Don't look around. If you're saved, be praying. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down. Fights till I'm found. If you need prayer, you come. If you need prayer, you come. We're not going to be here much longer. Man, don't wait. It's your opportunity. Come and let somebody pray for your marriage. these are being prayed for I want everybody to look at me okay if you're out in the audience y'all keep praying they're being prayed for I want you to look at me here's the the reason I preach like this because sometimes to get over a wall in this kingdom in the kingdom of this world I need to be fruitful in the kingdom of God It somehow just helps me, helps me get around and get over to be fruitful. I don't want to live my life saying this is the most important thing and clamoring after that. Does that make sense? There's nothing wrong with some of the things there. There's nothing wrong, but I want to live by this value system, by this one. So if that's your heart, If you're saved, that's your heart. God, I want to live by your value. I want you to just lift your hands high before the Lord right now. Just tell him, Lord, I want to be fruitful. 
Just tell him right now, Lord, I want to be fruitful. Lift your hands and just tell him, God, this world cannot help me. They cannot bring me what's really valuable. God, I want to make my life and live my life and make my life choices by your kingdom value. Just tell him, Lord, I want to be fruitful. I want to make those decisions. I want to live my life by your rules, God. Your way of doing things, your kingdom. Now, with your hands lifted up, just invite the Holy Spirit. Speak to me. Direct my path. Direct my path. Hold hands with somebody next to you. Hold hands with somebody next to you. I want to tell you I love you. Man, I love you guys. I want to see you successful. That's my greatest joy is to see you successful. Okay? That's what pumps me and Amy is when y'all are doing well. Okay? Y'all are not here for me. I'm here for you. And I want you to understand God loves you. Okay, and so I just encourage you, invite every day. He'll teach you how to be a good father, if you ask him. He'll teach you how to be a good husband. He'll teach you how to do your job. He'll teach you how to forgive. God, I don't know how to forgive. I don't know how to get over that, but I'm willing to learn. Show me. He'll teach you how to get over hatred. He'll teach you how to do things and have his peace that passes all understanding. You know what that means? That means when there ain't no reason to have peace, you got it. I love that. So I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you. The Super Bowl already happened, God, and you won going away on the cross of Calvary, Father. I thank you. Your victory has brought life to us. God, I just pray that your grace will be here. I pray that you will touch. God, I bless every family. I pray that they'll start having family time. They'll start reading the word together. They'll start talking to each other. And God, I pray that your grace will be sufficient. God, show them. If they cry out to you, I pray you'll speak to them with dreams and visions through eating how you want to speak to them, Lord. And I bless them today. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Be blessed. Have a great day.